Now. Thought we was done. Thought <laughs> <laughs> we was done. <laughs> We're not done. <laughs> but now nah, I got you feel me, my my homie, who I'm trying, who I'm about to call right now. She's a very learned woman, so I appreciate her opinion. So yes, sir. Let's see if she let's see if she pick up the phone first of all. Let's see if she love me. <clears throat> Hello? Hey, all right. I didn't think you was going to pick up. <laughs> yo. All right, all right, yo. You already know the vibes. You feel me? Oh, goodness. You live on air, baby. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, hold up. Let me put the phone in. Can you hear me? Yeah, I was about to say, I can hear you. Let me just make sure I got it so they can hear you. But all right, so on the phone right now, you feel me? We got my good friend, you know, uh, activist, writer. <laughs> PhD student, you oh, know, Deshara. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm nervous. Okay, yeah. Oh, man. Boy. Don't be nervous. Don't be this nervous, man. This is my first podcast. This is your cool. first podcast? Oh, yeah. look at, look at yeah, us, bro. Nice. We doing nice. some things. Okay. Wow, history. Yeah, facts, man. We, we, appreciate being, we appreciate being your first podcast. For sure, thank definitely. You, thank you, thank you. How y'all? How y'all doing this Friday evening? We all right, man. You know, hanging in there. Yeah, you feel me? Living life one day at a time. I was taking care oh, of some business sure. earlier. Hello. What about you? Uh, I'm all right. How have you, to, you know? How have you been this whole COVID Rona pandemic? Yeah. Um. Well, I haven't been technically quarantined because I still physically go to work. I okay. Guess, quote, quote, Hashtag worker, essential personnel. Essential. I guess. Okay. It's okay. essential to me, but technically, yes. So, you know, which I'm not too mad at because I think if I was just at home all day by myself, like, yeah, I'd probably be feeling it. You lose your mind? Yeah, a little bit. All right, all right. A little bit. So, so not... So not too much change within your daily routine life kind yeah, of thing. No, I'm not outside no more. You know, I used to be outside, so okay. I'm inside. You inside with it. Inside. I right, heard the vibes. Heard the vibes. Saved a lot of money. <laughs> oh yeah, talk about it. Talk about it. Lots of money. Shout out to Capitalism. Yeah. Saved lots of money. Mm-hmm. See, this is why I called you. Yes. <laughs> Content, baby. Nah, we stop. But you did also recently graduate, so congratulations I on did. that. Yeah, shout out to the 2020 graduates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it rough. Y'all, man. Listen, it's history. <laughs> it's history. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. We got a story to tell. Yo, look, man, right. son, y'all might have fucked up the budget for everybody now. Now they're going to do all virtual <laughs> graduations. For, <laughs> for real, right? For real. No, all virtual graduations. Like, you know what? It's going to be on Zoom every year. How about that? Yeah, um, no, nah, facts. That's crazy. But um, you also, you, you did um the commencement speech, didn't you? Or something like that? I did, yes, I did. Well, look at you. See, I see. Hey, look at me being a good friend. Stop playing with me. Wow. <laughs> you pay attention sometimes. Yes, I did. It was really cute. It's on Instagram. Mm-hmm. If anybody wants to listen to it. Okay, okay. You want to shout out your Instagram since you're saying that? Um, yeah, it's Shara, S-H-A-R, then it's three A's, three H's, X-O. Okay, okay. You, you do have yeah. yourself, you do have yourself a little blog as well, too, don't you? Wow, yes, I think all a shout out. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's Black Ratchet Imagination, that's Black with the Q-U-E. And yeah, I have a blog. Okay. I do informal writing. All right, all right. How's that been going for you? 
Um, it's been going. I haven't been posting like I should, but I mean, you know, we quarantined. We going through things. It's okay. Yeah, we. I've been doing the same with this damn podcast. To be honest, right? It'll, it'll get done. Yeah, it'll get done yeah, when yeah, it know, needs to get done. You know, it takes time. <laughs> right, right. But all right, so let's get down to it. You know the vibes, y'all. All right, all right. So how how have you been feeling lately, man? You know, I've, the the pandemic has been overshadowed by the pandemic that's always been in black uh, people's by the revolution. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> mm. Is that uh, is that what we calling it? Oh yeah, it's a revolution. Okay, okay. Dive into it. Why is you why do you feel like it's a revolution? Um, I just feel like for one, well, first of all, Kirby Jean Raymond, who is the founder of uh Pierre Moss, who I love. He was in, I forgot which magazine he was featured in, but he spoke about it. And this is probably like one of the best times to have this revolution just because of the pandemic. A lot of people are not, well, mostly no one is working. So everyone has the time to be out in the streets and protest. Mm. And then also people are feeling the strain from these corporations and from the government of, you know, being unemployed and not having their best interests met. So people are mad and they're in the streets. As they should be. So we'll probably never have this time again where people have the time to be outside and be in the streets protesting. So, so this is like the perfect time for revolution. So we should take advantage of the time that we have. <clears throat> I mean, I feel like that's what people are doing. Like, even if the media, like the news channels, even if they're not po- posting anymore, like if you go on social media, you go on Twitter, Instagram, like these protests, like people are still showing out. Like they're still showing out. Like it, I can speak for New York City in general. Like every day there's like five or six protests going on in the five boroughs. Right. So people are still going and people are still doing it. Like people are not tired. Well, we're tired, but we're not tired of protesting. Right. So this is the time. See, that's that's actually kind of ironic that you say that. Like from um, what was the um, person's name that you said? Kirby. Per. Curvy? Curvy. Oh, I was about to say pervy. Like, <laughs> all right, curvy, curvy. But um, yeah, like um, how he said that that's the perfect time for a revolution right now, because you know I always kind of say like out of chaos emerges opportunity. Yeah. So 100%. yeah. You ain't you ain't lying. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. You ain't lying. So yeah, so what like what's your personal sentiments behind this whole thing right now? Abolish the whole shit. Yeah, <laughs> yo, I like yo, it. yo, yo, don't get me canceled, all right? I'm only like a couple episodes. In. Nah, I'm fucking with you. I'm fucking with you. I'm fucking with you. Do your thing, dude. Yeah, 
And like, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of fucked up because like America really did show its ass. You feel me? And the dichotomy between like what they actually care about and what they don't care about because we just went through this pandemic and then right during this pandemic, still Mm -hmm. we see the police at full force. My fault. Go ahead. No, you're good. But I think that's also why this revolution is needed now, because it's not just the black people and the people of color who are seeing this now, because we've always seen it. The white people are seeing it, too, because they mad, too, that this pandemic <laughs> happened. They're looking at the government like, how you let this happen? Right. So this is also why, because it's not just us being outside. It's also like, you know, white allyship, even though, you know, we don't pat, people, we don't pat them on the back. Right. But it's also that as well. So right. more people are fed up and more people are upset and they, they're rallying. And this is why it's needed now. Okay. Okay. So, um, and not necessarily picking or, you know, highlighting one specific over the other. Was there right. a specific case that kind of got, I know you always been like this, but in terms of just these movements going on right now, is there a specific case that got to you the most kind of thing? Or gave you your rallying cry, so to speak? Yeah, I feel like in general, just like everyone else, it was the George Floyd. I feel like that's what really pushed people outside. I don't watch those videos, like all that on the timeline. I don't watch those videos. I don't look at the pictures. Like I scroll past it just because I don't need that. That's like trauma porn for us. Like black people are constantly seeing each other die. On social media and i think that shit is weird as hell um Facts. but it was that um even still like i'm so mad brianna taylor her people who murdered her are still out there like they created a whole law based called brianna's law and did not arrest her murderers which i think is a huge slap in the face and that's something i'm so upset Big with ass slap right in the now face, like and, a huge slap in the face and that was um and that yeah. was like the case that hit hit me the hardest. Yeah. Like the George yeah. Floyd case hit me hit me hard too because ironically, like I knew like some of his family kind of thing. You feel me? Uh, like it was it was kind of weird how that occurred. Like just going to show you like that shit can really hit anywhere. Yeah, I mean close to home thing. But the Brianna Taylor case like was a little specific to me uh, because it was like yeah. They she wasn't even supposed yeah. to be, you know, have an interaction she with the police. She was in her house, yo, like minding her sleeping, not even just minding her, but literally asleep. Like, and last, and hold on, cause now I'm sitting here and this is just coming back to me. But if I'm not mistaken, a a Kia girly, isn't that the same? Isn't that the same thing that happened with her case? Where it was the young girl, she was sleeping in a house, and the police ran inside the crib. The um, wrong crib. Ayanna Jones was it the six, seven year old? I believe so. Something, about? yeah, something around that. I can't remember. Ayanna Jones, and it was somebody. I know who you're talking about. It was somebody else? I think. Um, I know uh, something. Her last name is Gaines. Oh, um, Corinne Gaines. Corinne Gaines, something yeah. like that happened to her. I don't know if she was asleep no, though. No, that that was no know, Corinne. Corinne Gaines. Corinne Gaines was a different was a different story. And ironically, like that's funny too because like I I don't know her, but we lived in the same apartment complex type shit. Mm-hmm. You know I me, mean? like yeah, you know I mean, her. but her like she like was trying to stand her ground kind of thing. You right. Know I and mean? the cops, you know, killed her. You feel know I me mean? and shot her like three year old in her own house. Shit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but one of the other cases that was similar to the Breonna Taylor case was a young little girl, like seven, six, seven, eight. Ayanna Ayanna Jones. That was it? Yeah. Yeah, like, this shit just, it it keeps occurring. It never ends, yes. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and that's the thing. And that's why I feel like, again, the Brianna thing kind of hits me because hers wasn't recorded. And I kind of feel like if it was, maybe we should get justice. It's just this whole, like, trauma point thing. It's like you got to see it to in order for, like, action to be taken. Right. Um, but, yeah, no, nah, like, I've been – I remember when I was in high school, I think I was in – I think I was a junior, so I was in, like, 11th grade when Trayvon Martin – um, was murdered, and that's like when the whole BLM started and everything was sparked, and that's when like right, I yeah, started to take notes and everything. The, don't y'all see like it's like a kind of like a double edged sword with this trauma porn thing because it's like it's like you you see it and it, it messes you up, but if we don't see it yeah. and it's not out there, we really wouldn't know a, this is going on at Be this magnitude. You feel me? Yeah. So it's like. Yeah. It's just like, where do we find that balance between all of this? You feel know I me? Mean? But that's what the trauma part is about. It's like, as black people, like, we always feel the need to have to record stuff, which, you know, again, we do because we feel like we need the evidence. So even when you see these racist white women, these quote unquote Karens, you know, disrespecting black people or like calling the police on black people because we got to record it. So it's like evidence. Uh, so, right. God forbid the cops actually come, at least we got on video that, you know, that shit was set up. Right, right. So now, now with the recording, like we see all of these things going on and we always finding these recordings. But like, do we hold the recorder accountable in any of these situations in, to any degree? Is I there anything so they could even do? Like if them stepping in? Yeah, as far as with all of these, all types of trauma that we're fed, like how are we catching these videos and a lot of them are from people bystanders and things like that so it's like do we what do we do in those cases like do we hold those people to any form of accountability in any way because they're like feeding the trauma porn kind of thing in a way is there anything they could even do because they're not you think they're not like helping they're just recording yeah like is there any way they could so i i mean i can't i can't sit there and tell someone to interfere with the police while while they're like you know actively like like with the george floyd thing the lady who wrote the girl who recorded i think she was like 17 i'm not mistaken Uh, so i can't expect like a 17 year old black woman to like go like what like what could she really do like in that moment with the police you know what i mean right like what could she do then i mean i think it's different when it's like these white quote unquote Karens doing something to like these innocent black people who are just existing. That shit, right. like you're not about to sit in and call me no N word and think I'm gonna just record you. <laughs> That's it. Like right. you, you give me on the right day, you might get the hand to do. I, I don't know. But <laughs> with the police, I can't. I wouldn't know what to do in that instance either. I can't sit there and say that I would go and like physically do anything to a police officer who was yeah. like. Has his gun drawn? I'm about to kill someone. Right. So yeah, I was I gonna say, and like, and what, and what, like, someone has to, like, I, I don't know, like, I don't know how I would respond to that situation. Right. And so to, I can't. And and to what avail would it do? Because not not to hold you, like, I I know niggas that went toe to toe with cops and shit like that. You feel me? But it's like, yeah. If if that is a a way that somebody's choosing, there's nothing that comes from that. You feel right. me? Even That's when you, true. That even <laughs> when you sit here, like, sit, like, take for example the Breonna Taylor case. You feel me? Like, and this is also like mm, the yeah. thing, the reason why it hit me a little bit harder yeah. because like. I hopped on Twitter and I was like, yo, where where all y'all NRA folks at? You feel me? Where all y'all Second Amendment folks at? You feel me? Because 
You know what I mean? Like, and then somebody schooled me and told me like, it, it's not just a 2A problem. It's a 4A problem as well, too. You feel me? Like the no-knock warrants and, you know, just the right to not be searched and seized type shit. You feel me? Whatever the case may be. But the gentleman, once the cops broke his, fourth, am- yeah, broke his fourth amendment rights, decided to u- utilize his second amendment rights and fire in his property, defend his house. And he's being charged, labeled as a cop killer or whatever the case may be, a menace to to society. Uh So it's like, even even if we even even if you were to sit here and try to do something to that extent or whatever the case may be, you know, yeah, like, yeah, what you gonna do? And then a whole lot of these times when you're sitting here and you see in these police brutality instant uh, incidents, you're seeing them and low-income, impoverished areas. So even if they, again, were to take that step and they were to survive, first of all, you know I mean? They have to get to that point of surviving, first of all. How are they going to pay for all of the stuff that comes after that and all of that? So it's like, it's a a lose-lose. It is, it is. And then the fact of the matter is, it's it's not our job as citizens to defend people against the police that's like the whole issue we should not be defending ourselves against the police because the police just shouldn't be killing us in general yeah right that's the so so i want to circle back to the defunding thing because that that was a little bit um well that's what everybody like you said has been screaming recently kind of thing right so and that was kind of the question that i had with lou when we was off air earlier, uh-huh. where I was talking to him and I was like, yo, all right, the protesters are there for their reason. And you feel me? They're there to pretty much slap them in the face and say, y'all didn't want to listen. Now y'all going to for- be forced to listen, essentially. Uh-huh. So let's say they are to sit here and finally be like, all right, we're listening. Yeah, you know I mean, like we're screaming right now, Black Lives Matter. Okay, that I, that's uh-huh. cool and statement is blank forward we're screaming defund the police this that uh-huh. and the fifth which is a, a broad statement so to speak kind of thing you feel me like uh-huh. it sounds like it's simple but it's a very uh-huh. broad statement yeah. because if you're talking about defunding the police then shit like the Ahmad Ardrey case is going to happen way more often because how many uh-huh. times do you see well, white people taking uh-huh. up and taking accountability and being the law in the present, when there's I mean, no law enforcement anyway. presence, huh? They do that anyway with the police, but keep going. No, I was saying, like, even without you know, like, without the police, like, how, like, pretty much what happened with that case, you know, those people decided, uh-huh. all right, he's a criminal, we're gonna go deal with him. And although there's a law about that in Georgia, whatever the case may be, they decided to take matters into their own hands because they felt they had the authority to do that. Uh-huh. So if we defund the police, who's to say that more of that shit isn't occurring? Uh-huh. So where do we go if they were to sit here and sit us at the table and be like, all right, we're listening? Right. All right. So first of all, here's my disclaimer. Tay called me <laughs> 40 minutes ago. I did not prepare for this. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. <laughs> I did just catch her <laughs> off the loop. <laughs> but, yeah. But I will say defunding the police is just the first step to abolishing the police. Defunding the police meaning means that we're going to put those resources into other things. So statistically speaking, when there's less police out or when the police are not in certain neighborhoods, there's less crime. Like, if you look at these middle-class neighborhoods or you look at these, like, 
um, gated communities. They don't have police roaming around. No one really calls the police on their neighbors. Like, no one does that. Like, right. if there's a disturbance with their little white neighbors, what do they do? They call their security, who usually are unarmed, and they go and they stop it. So if we can have where the communities protect each other, then we wouldn't need a police anyway. The police, like, imagine these police officers are not part of the community. They are outsiders, and nine times out of ten, the people in the communities are scared of the police, and the police officers are the ones with the firearms and the ones with the weapons. Most of the time, the communities that they're guarding and the people that they go, the houses that they go to because they're called to, don't have a weapon anyway. Um, so there's different ways that, and different um, systems that we can create that can provide de-escalation. Like for example, I think I saw something on Twitter where um, this police, this uh, family called the police on. Um, I think it was like their sister or like one of their family members. She was like um, having like a mental breakdown and she was like com- um, contemplating suicide. And they called the police and the police came and she ended up, I think, like jumping off of or like falling off of um, her balcony or something like she committed suicide because police are not trained for de-escalation. So instead of something like that, we can have an organization or we can have like social workers in for calls like that. Like there's different things as a community that we can have and different things in different branches that the government can create to have de-escalation. So Um, go ahead. My No, continue. And then, um, like, yeah, you can put that money into back into the communities. You put that into better benefits for the communities. You put that into education in the communities. Like, like, let's be real. Like, these public schools and our education system in general is, like, really shit in this country. Thanks. So all of that money, billions of dollars, imagine what billions of dollars can do in these underserved communities. Right. Like the reason why a lot of this the crime happens on people say this quote unquote black on black crime, all this is happening is because there's no resources. Right. Facts. Like there's little to no resources and it's disgusting. And then with the with abolishing the police also comes with abolishing the um the criminal oh my goodness, I have a blank. The the prison industrial <laughs> the prison complex. Industrial complex. <laughs> The prison industrial complex, it comes with that as well. The school, the prison um, pipeline, so and all of that stuff. So if we stop locking up minorities and black people and people of color for, like, petty crimes that you don't lock up these white people for, then people will have better opportunity to get jobs after they come out from prison anyway. Because they wouldn't be in prison. So they have, like, opportunities to actually get real jobs. And then instead of locking them up, maybe if we have real systems where there's rehabilitation and, like, workforce related um programs they won't be on the streets having to do that anyway like you have to give people options if you give people no options and the only option is to sell drugs or to do crime guess what they're gonna do sell drugs, sell drugs and do crime, crime. <laughs> it's survival like it's that simple exactly. i say this it's shit survival. all the time man some people don't be trying to listen to me i'm like yo i can't sit here and tell a little nigga to get off the corner and stop doing that if exactly. i can't provide him with no options, options. Yeah. To, yeah. to not do that. Like, everybody wants to sit here and be like, oh, like, I mean, the infamous Nancy Reagan quote, just say no type shit. Like, yeah, like, it's not that easy. Exactly. And then if you, even, for example, if you have, like, a, a kid growing up and he wants to do music, but the only way he knows to do music is, like, SoundCloud or something, and it's, like, hard as hell to get signed. But if you put our resources into education and music funding, 
maybe he can actually learn that, okay, maybe you don't have to be a rapper, but you can do other things in the music industry. Maybe you could do the business side. Maybe you could be a producer. Maybe you can do tech. Like, Which there's other the things people that you who can make do. The, who make the real money if you keep it a exactly. stack. Exactly. Exactly. But if you're not giving students these opportunities, then... Right. I was about to say that goes options. into the education. Like, they don't provide exactly. this stuff into the communities. And is that intentional or is that just because we don't got shit and we don't want it? Exactly. Exactly. Because I guarantee, like, no one wants to be, I don't think anyone would want to be a criminal. I don't know anyone in their right mind who would want to go to jail. Like, I don't know. I ain't never been to jail, but I wouldn't think that anyone would actually sign up to just want to go just because. Yeah, Most of, like, it's, like, the resources, like, and it's, again, like people say, it's the product unless, of your environment. Unless, it's unless not your fault. Like, what are you supposed to do? <laughs> what are your options? And then also, a lot of, I went to John Jay College, and that is, like, police officer haven in there. Facts. And if I'm not mistaken, these police officers only need like 60 credits or some shit to go and take the test. I've met a lot of people, a lot of men who are like, oh, I'm going to just go take this police test and, you know, work and do this and then, you know, get my pension and just be a police officer. Most of them are not going in there because they love the community and even if the people going in there go love the community, I feel like that makes no sense anyway because you can make such a huge difference in your community not being a police officer. And they if you're just a social swallow. worker, if you get into like not-for-profit, you could do so much more than being a police officer because you cannot change the system from the inside. There's no way. There's I so many about to say, they get swallowed from the system. They get swallowed exactly. up by that shit anyway. And then you go into these communities, even if it was a community that you were brought up in, you're now on the other side. So you go in these communities and now you feel like a target and now you feel scared of your own people. Right. So, and then yeah, at the it, end of the mm-hmm. day, you still not even completely protected from those boys in blue, as y'all like to call them. Yeah. Because as soon as your ass fuck up, they throwing you yeah, right under the bus because you still yeah. got that color. Oh, on like you. a police officer pulls you over when you're not in uniform, then what? You just another yeah, Negro they pulls over. Yeah, like, it, you know what I mean? Like, Blue lives matter until your ass take that shit, suit off, and then you just another exactly. Nigga. And even you when you take, and even when you got the uniform on, I seen a video one time where the freaking where a fucking security officer, bro, a security officer for like a hotel or a bank or some shit, or I mean some type of money thing or whatever, like pulled out his gun and had his gun drawn on a uniformed officer, a black officer. Uh. It's like, man, no matter what you got, you still a nigga in a coop type shit. Exactly. Right? Hello. You feel yeah. me? Like, so, I can sit yeah. here and Abolish the whole shit. And then with abolishing that, you know, you abolish the prison industrial, industrial system or industrial complex. And then you abolish capitalism. And then we're all happy. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So, so, you, so, you, so you a Marxist. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I, so I don't like, I don't like labels. I don't like labels. <laughs> Listen, I'm not ashamed, but yeah, that's what it is, and that's what it is. But this whole shit gotta go. Yeah, it's, so it's not, yeah. So what if we had to choose out of another system, like communism, capitalism, whatever? What would be that system? Oh my goodness, I'm not a. Alright, I ain't gonna, do, I ain't gonna do that to you. I put you on the spot. Yeah, I called you, I called you, I called you, Evie. Ain't put you on the spot. Look, look. No capitalism, no. Because capitalism is not designed for. It is, it's designed for there to be the rich, middle, and poor, which, like, honestly, that middle-class shit is, like, a facade anyway. If right. you're not part of the 1%, you really don't mean nothing anyway. Like, people don't understand. Just because you have a million dollars or you got a million-dollar home, like, there's billionaires. Right. Like, that million dollars means nothing 
Like you, these, these Shit, millionaires Jeff Bezos are about to be a trillionaire. Are the, are the poor, like, then they are being a part of the 1%. And you, I feel like a lot of people don't understand that. What'd you Just say? Because, like, a lot of these people who are millionaires or a lot of people who have, like, jobs where they're making 100K or they're, like, way above the poverty line, like, you are more likely to be poor than you are to be a part of the 1%. Oh, absolutely. Right. And I feel like people... They talk about, like, the Jay-Z's, and they talk about, like, all these Jeff Bezos and all these people who make billions of dollars because they idolize them, and that's, you know, what they want, which, all right, okay, that's cute, but to get there, first of all, you can't get there ethically, and then second of all, if it was that easy to be a part of the 1%, it wouldn't be 1%, But it's like, (laughs) the way that it seems in this freaking um, society world that we live in. It's like um, 